Several years ago, I saw a list someone put together of the top 10 things people feared most. Today, I'm going to talk about my biggest fear. So let's get into it. Urban Christian Veterans provides a safe place for Christian veterans of color to discuss the challenges you face in your daily lives. Being a person of color has its challenges. Being a Christian has its challenges. Being a veteran has its challenges. All of those factors being combined makes for a unique and sometimes difficult life experience that is seldom talked about in public forums. Thank you for tuning in to the Urban Christian Veterans Podcast. Here's your host, D. Allen Rose. Thank you, Aaron, for that wonderful introduction. This is D. Allen Rose, and you are listening to the Urban Christian Veterans Podcast. Now, regarding that list of the top 10 fears, surprisingly, number one on the list was public speaking. Number two was death. In other words, people feared public speaking more than they feared dying. Wow. Anyway, so the rest of the list contained things like bugs and uh, heights, snakes, etc. Now, as I've gotten older, my fears have become more introspective. In a nutshell, the thing I fear the most is being irrelevant when I die. I once heard an old preacher say that the most difficult thing in the world for him to do is the eulogy of an irrelevant Negro. That's pretty harsh. And he said it was because he has to dream up and hallucinate this wonderful life the person lived. So the people attending the funeral could go away believing that the dearly departed was a productive member of society. Now, my biggest fear is that I leave this world as an irrelevant human being that never used his spiritual gifts and never fulfilled his calling. In fact, my main motivation for doing this podcast was to make use of the gifts that I've been given. The catalyst, if you will, for my sense of urgency comes from the Bible. More specifically, it comes from the parable of the talents found in Matthew, uh, the book of Matthew, chapter 25. Yeah, chapter 25, verse 14 or beginning at verse 14. Now, of course, I don't feel that my calling is to do a podcast. Instead, I feel led to teach and to counsel. And the podcast, along with the experiences of other veterans, are the vehicles to be used as I use my gifts. So back to my biggest fear, again, which is leaving here irrelevant and having not shared my gifts. Let me quickly tell you about just one of the things that has gotten in my way over the years. As, as urban Christian veterans, we sometimes struggle with purpose. The treatment you receive as a person of color in this country can sometimes make you question your own existence. As Christians, we struggle with discovering our spiritual gifts and the calling on our lives. As veterans, 
experiencing things that we did while we were in the military and surviving will make you wonder why you survived. Now, if you're a believer, you'll tell yourself that you must have been spared for a reason. Like you must still have a purpose to fulfill. Now, I can't tell you how many times I've relived my most traumatic military experiences and thought I'm only here because of God's will. But then something happens. The enemy starts to plant these weird thoughts in your head. You begin to think that your survival was just luck. You begin to question why you deserve to be here while while others didn't make it back. That happens to me all the time. And when it happens, you know, I'll catch myself like staring off into the distance somewhere. And the mental health professionals that I've talked to about this refer to these episodes as part of what they call survivor's guilt. Now, if there's a veteran in your life that always seems to shy away from doing fun things, they may be experiencing survivor's guilt. And let me explain how it works. So my wife and I could go out to eat at a nice restaurant, right? And when we get there and after I do all the preliminary things like scoping out the exits, making note of the ingress and egress routes or best ways in and out, making sure I'm able to sit facing the door. After I do all those things, I'm able to kind of breathe a little easier and, you know, and then we can, we can have a conversation. We can begin to talk to one another. Then out of nowhere, my mind gets flooded with thoughts and images of fellow soldiers that didn't make it back. And I begin to think about how they would have enjoyed doing what I'm doing. I think about how they would be amazed at things that we take for granted, like smartphones. Then the guilt hits me like, why do I deserve to be here? I look at my life and I feel ashamed that I'm not more successful than I am. And I think about how those fallen soldiers may have accomplished more with the time that I had, if it were them that survived instead of me. And while I'm thinking about all those things, I got to keep smiling because I don't want to mess up the night for my wife. But all that stuff is running through my head. Now that's just one example. And I mean, it could happen while I'm on vacation. I'm watching a movie or simply outside in my backyard with my dogs. It it tends to happen anytime I try to do anything that's enjoyable. And because of this, sometimes I avoid doing enjoyable things. Like I I just I want to avoid it altogether because I don't want those thoughts to come rushing in. Now, I remember times years ago before I was diagnosed with PTSD. Like I didn't know what was going on with me, but when I would be at a work event or Like, I guess you can call it like a company party or gathering or something. These guilty feelings would just rush over me in the middle of whatever festivities we had going on. And I would either leave or find a corner somewhere and just kind of stay to myself. Now, my coworkers at the time might have thought I was being antisocial and I really can't blame them. However, what was really happening was I was trying to deal with the guilt rush. Cause it would hit me hard. Like anytime it felt like I was starting to have fun. 
Now, as I said earlier, survivor's guilt almost made me not do this podcast. Like it got in the way of me trying to fulfill my calling, if you will. I mean, it seemed like during the time or during the process, I was getting started with this whole podcast thing. You know, whenever I would begin to get excited about it, I would feel guilty. And I would have thoughts that maybe I was undeserving of the opportunity to speak to my fellow veterans. I'd have thoughts like some of those guys who are no longer with us would have done a way better job at this than I could ever do. Well, the thoughts delayed me, but they didn't stop me. So, so here we are. So back to my biggest fear. As I mentioned, I'm motivated by the parable of the talents from the Bible. Again, Matthew 25 and 14, or at least beginning at 14. So, you know, for those who may not be familiar with it, let me give you a quick overview. So the parable of the talents is basically a message about stewardship, which is protecting and expanding someone else's assets for them. So it's like a bank or an investment company, right? Like say when you do business with a bank or an investment company, you expect those organizations to protect your money and expand your money. So in the parable, a man gave his assets to three of his servants right before he went on a trip. He did this with the expectation that while he was gone, they would be good stewards of his assets until he came back. Now I'm paraphrasing. So, you know, but just stay with me. So the, the expectation was that they would both protect his assets and expand his assets. The parable explains in a very simple way what Jesus has done with us. He has gone away and will return. But in the meantime, he has left his assets with us and expects us to be good stewards. The key point we need to focus on is that we are stewards. We are not owners. So all the spiritual gifts that we have been given belong to him as the Bible teaches that God owns everything. Now, with that in mind, our duty is to protect and expand his assets for the building of his kingdom. So the way the story goes is the man gave a certain number of talents to each of his servants. To be clear, a talent, T-A-L-E-N-T, was a unit of currency or money. Also, each of the three servants received a different amount. The first servant received five. The second received two. The third servant received one. Now, these amounts were based on each of the servants' ability. In other words, the man gave each servant an amount based on what they can handle. Now, as the story goes, the man left. The first two servants went out and doubled what they had. They had doubled what they had been given. Now, remember, one had been given five. The other had been given two. So they each went out and doubled those amounts. The third servant received only one. And the guy who had the one or the servant who had the one went and dug a hole in the ground and buried the one talent that he had been given. Now, let's put a pin in that for a second so we can establish the proper context. See, as Christians, we have all been given three things to be stewards over time, talents and treasures. So today I want to focus only on the talents. The talents God has given us aren't units of currency, but rather gifts or, or skills or abilities. 
right? We're supposed to use these gifts to fulfill his purpose for us. Just like the servants in the parable, each of us has been given different talents based on God's will and knowledge of our capacity. It's not about what our talent is or how much of it we have. It's about what we will do with the gifts that we've been given. So back to the parable. Okay, so eventually the man comes back and he settles up with each one of his servants the same way all Christians will have to stand before God and be judged at some point. At that time, it won't simply be a matter of good or bad or naughty or nice, right? God is not Santa Claus, though a lot of people try and treat him that way. Now, instead, both your deeds and your stewardship or works will be looked at. And for you Bible readers out there that want to check me on this, feel free to go check out Second uh, uh, Corinthians chapter five, starting at verse 10 or First uh, Corinthians three and 12 or even the book of Revelation uh, chapter 20, verse verse 11. Anyway, back to the parable to finish, finish it off. The man returned and the servants with the five talents and the servant with the two both explained that they doubled what they were given. And the man said to him, well done. He said that to both of them. Well done. You were faithful over a few things and I'll put you in charge of many things. In essence, the man was pleased with them. Now, the key here is that even though the servant had started with five and well, the servant that started with five, he ended up with way more than the servant that started with two, right? Because they both doubled and he ended up with way more. However, they received the same blessing because they each did what they were supposed to do according to their own abilities and with what each of them had been given. On the other hand, the servant that started with the one told the man that he was afraid of him and he went and buried the talent in the ground so that he wouldn't lose it. And as a result, he returned the one talent that he had been given. Now, instead of praising the servant, the man called him evil and lazy and pointing out that the least he could have done was deposit the money in the bank and earn some interest. The point is that the first two servants demonstrated that they were concerned with the man's instructions and expectations of them, while the last servant was only concerned about himself. So he didn't want to deal with the responsibility of protection and expansion that comes with stewardship of the asset. He figured he would be fine if he could just return what he was given. No harm, no foul. Well, he learned the hard way that the man didn't simply want his money back. Because stewardship is much more than that. So for us as urban Christian veterans, even though we carry the burden of navigating the harsh environment of a society that treats us a certain way because of the color of our skin. And even though as veterans, we carry the burdens of navigating through life with wounds, both seen and unseen. As Christians, we have to stay conscious of the fact that despite those burdens, we have a duty to be good stewards of the talents we have been gifted within the time that we've been given or allocated. And my biggest fear is failing to do just that. Now, I gave you a brief overview of the scripture and I encourage you to go read it for yourself. Again, open your Bible, go to uh, the book of Matthew, chapter 25, verse 14, and read the parable. And I pray that after you read, you'll be motivated to live life with purpose. And I just want to add that all of us know of veterans that did survive and did make it back only to feel that life was too difficult to carry on. Statistics show that upwards of 22 veterans a day make the decision to end their own lives. For many of these individuals, life had no purpose. And my sincere hope is that someone hears this, takes the advice to read the scripture and makes the decision to be a good steward 
of the talent they've been given, thereby finding purpose in their life. So I'd like to shift gears for just a second. So if you're a veteran, brother or sister, who has just about reached a point where the burdens of navigating this world have gotten too heavy, and some days it just doesn't seem worth it to carry on because you don't see a purpose I want to say something to you. Now, I'd be the last one to give you the whole rah, rah, stay strong, keep on pushing speech. That's the last thing you want to hear. And I know because I've been where you are and that's not what I wanted or needed to hear. Also, you might be thinking that neither I nor Anyone else could ever understand how you feel because no one has gone through the things that you have gone through. Well, see if this sounds familiar. So. One day. You were in the military. Carrying out the mission that you were assigned, thinking that day was going to be just like any other day. When suddenly you have the most terrifying, horrific And traumatic experience of your life. In the middle of that experience, your life flashes before your eyes. Now, before that happened, you you thought that whole flash before your eyes expression was only something they said on TV or in the movies. Now you know what it feels like. It's something you really can't put into words. It's like every single moment of your entire life from the beginning to the present. Just played in front of you like a movie. Not a series of pictures. But an actual movie. Years worth of an entire movie. Just played in a fraction of a second. The movie ends and now you have to move because the traumatic event is not over yet. You see, you still have to survive and get through it. When things finally settle down and you want to decompress and actually process what just happened. The military gives you a new order. You see, they expect you to operate as if nothing ever happened. No one wants to talk to you about it. No one asks if you're okay. All that matters is completing the next mission. You see, that means that any depression, anxiety, fear, or pain associated with that event is on you to carry from that moment forward. And so you do. So you got to keep it together so you don't appear weak or soft in front of your fellow service members because let's face it some of them jokers will talk real bad about you and you do not want to get roasted in fact no one wants to be the subject of a serious roasting session so you just keep carrying it 
And while carrying all those things, you get out of the military and find that the civilian world can't relate to you. You see, as a veteran of color, you have to deal with racism and bigotry in addition to the effects of the trauma you experienced. The civilians don't understand why you don't like to socialize. They don't understand why you make choices or decisions that don't make sense. They don't understand why you want to be left alone. And instead of trying to understand, they label you weird, antisocial, incompetent, or even crazy. When it comes to employment, there's this vicious cycle. See, it's difficult to get a job. And if you do get a job, then it's difficult to get promoted. And if you do get promoted, then you get fired. And if you do get fired, you have to start the cycle all over again. And you're not a bad person. You're just misunderstood. But no one cares to try and understand you. And you notice something else. That whole life flashing before your eyes thing. That has changed you. And for some reason. You don't have the same emotional response you used to have about certain things. Then there's this thing with death. For some reason, you no longer fear death. You'll become numb to the idea of dying. There may even be some days when you think that dying might not be that bad. Like, it has to be better than what you're going through in life. Sound familiar yet? Well, let me offer you this. You may have heard this before, but I'm going to say this. You are not alone. Your experience might be unique, but many of us share the same after effects. You, you might feel like you want to talk, but no one can relate to you, or you're afraid, afraid that People might judge you or think negatively of you if you share what's on your mind. So I offer that there are many of us out here that can relate and would love not only to hear you speak, but would also like to share our stories with you if you're willing to listen. And if that's you, I say reach out and let's talk. Just look for the Urban Christian Veterans page on Facebook. We also have an Instagram page or account or whatever you call it. We even have a Twitter account. And I promise you that if you contact me through any of those, I will respond and we can talk. Again, you do not have to do this alone. If you don't want to talk to me, I encourage you to contact the Veteran Crisis Line. And that number is 800 273 8255 That's 800-273-8255. You can even text 838-255. Put a message in there and they will respond to you. Again, you do not have to do this alone. And that's it. That's the end of this episode. So with that, I thank you so much for listening. 
Until next time, may God bless you, may God keep you, and may God continue to be with you.